one of my New Year's resolutions was to watch more movies. It's um, a good resolution. Like, yeah, just yes. like, watch more art and stuff. So, hey, can we do more fun resolutions? Instead of the yeah. It's like, can you yeah, what the that fuck? Fun Don't tell me to work it's out, all right? Tell what? me to watch yeah. Shit's Creek. Yeah. yeah. We'll do more of that Shit. next year. <laughs> always, always next year. Always. <laughs> it's like beginning of January. We're like, ah, we missed the train. All right, First no week. Ah, uh, I guess we gotta wait till next year. Oh, I can't make any self improvements for a year. You're listening to Marketing Major with Alex and Mo, a podcast by students for people who are curious about marketing. Do you guys do resolutions? I like wrote That's some amazing. down, but I'm already like slacking on some of them. But we can Mo does it that. purely for the social status. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like social pressure, but we can. I wrote some down this little 2021 well, book I got. Ooh. Whoa, from, from, 2021 uh, planner. I got the whole gold pages that and green everything. That's, green is, that, is that green and gold? Gold, you know me. <laughs> oh. You Alberta, not sponsored. <laughs> So, but do yeah. you guys do New Year's resolutions? I, I occasionally do. I think it depends because, like, I feel like there's strict criteria for if they're gonna work, and the main thing is like they have to be actionable. You know, mm-hmm. it can't just be like, I think I'm gonna do this and have yeah. it be. Super like, I want to achieve this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, okay. the one that has like completely worked for me was a couple of years ago when I was like, you know what? I'm going to be super hydrated and uh, you know, just like that girl who's got her water bottle on lock. But (laughs) what I did was I was like, I had like a cute water bottle and I was like, I'll have one full one in the morning, one full one in the afternoon and then one full one in the evening, which would total like my goal of like, what was it? Like 64 ounces, you know, Mm -hmm. like the, just the recommended goal. Yeah. And I stuck with it. And to this day, I've got, Killing it. Got a water bottle. This is not the water bottle, I might add, but it is my favorite. So, yeah. That's awesome. I I took the same approach this year. Um, Just like historically, I've just had this like just bad body, like injuries, pains, aches all the time my whole life. And like, I was like, why am I always getting hurt? I'm almost going to hurt. And I realized because like, I just don't take care of my body enough. Like I, I used to work out, but I would never like stretch and like recover and everything. And I'm always so stiff and unflexible. I feel mm-hmm. like if I fix that issue, I'll stop getting hurt as much. So I was like, well, I need to get more flexible. I need to like work on my muscles, like length them out and all that stuff. So I think the same approach. I'm like, I'm going to stretch once in the morning. I'm going to stretch right before bed every day. Nice. Just stretch twice a day. Hopefully over time, I see some results and I'll stop yeah. being in pain all the time because I'm only 22 and I should not be in as much pain as I am every day. It's just not normal. Literally it's, the worst feeling is being in your uh, early 20s and waking up with pain in your body. Just like, just and you're like, like come on. Like, Oh God! What is that? Like lotion, morning, is like... lotion, guys. Let's go. So yeah, you gotta get so, that. Like, stretching is epic, though. Stretching. <laughs> I used to. I used to. No, okay. Because this is why. Because I used to play handball goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, and handball goalies like to kick real high. They really like to use their feet. <laughs> and I was not flexible when I started playing, but I like play goalie in every other sport. So I was like, I'll figure it out. So they put me on this like stretching routine that I had to do like a couple of times a day or whatever. And it was incredible. It was the best year of my life. It was it was great. I left the team for other reasons, and I've been (laughs) in the worst shape of my life. But that time when I was like genuinely like on a stretching routine, I was like, my body can move. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I need that. I need that. Because like playing rugby, like, yeah, you're gonna get like banged up here and there, but if your body's already like, like tense and not feeling right, like you take a bad hit, you're out. Like, but sometimes you take a hit mm-hmm. and get get up and you're fine because your body's just like and just feeling good, you know, stretched out, warmed up. So like I need to do that because I got hurt way too much uh playing rugby in the past few years, like too easily, just like two minutes into the game, I get subbed in, take one hit and I'm out. Like shoulder tear, god damn it, like out again. So I need to I need to work on that. So that's that's my goal. My, I have a bunch of other small ones, but that's like my main one is just stretch every day. And hopefully I can like feel good for once. Like just like, you know, I just feel good. I feel like nice loose body, not too tense, not too tight. Yeah. Alex, what's yours if you have one? Um, I'm pretty bad at making them. Yeah. I I they're hard. They're tough. Like committing to something for the whole really year. Hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're really hard and I'm like kind of I'm kind of bad with routine a little bit. So like that kind of stuff also kind of scares me away from doing certain things like I'm going to do this every day or I'm going to do that because I know that I cannot and like when you when you don't believe in it going into it you're like, "Well, um so I I don't know. I just kind of have general things always in mind like I think one of them's trying to be more present and more active like socially mm-hmm. and, and that's like being on your phone less and also reaching out to friends because I don't know I'm a chatty guy I talk to a lot of people but then I like catch myself too often like not actually hanging out with people as much as other people hang out with other people so like feeling. I'm like that's people yeah. actually hang out more way more than I do like should I just oh. be spending more time with friends I feel bad sometimes <laughs> It's actually, it's actually sick that I'm not the only one, but oh, high key, no, I'm always I think, like... I think we're in the majority, honestly. Yeah. I think we are. It's true. Okay, everybody, this, everybody, start reaching out. Yeah, do Frick, it. If we're all not reaching out enough, if we just all collectively start reaching out, it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be fine. True. And once, once, you know, things are back to normal, like, ask, ask your friends to go hang out, grab a bite, grab a drink. Like just yeah. why not? Just, it won't be weird. It won't. You're already friends. I'm you know each other. I'm always scared of asking people to hang out because I'm Me just too. like, I don't know why. I know. And I like suggesting a time. So scary. I'm like, I feel like I'm annoying. Though. And they'll be like, no. Feel- and I'll be like, sorry, I asked. I'm never. You're right. I'm terrible. Oh my god. I, I get it. You don't want to be friends. It's okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Everyone has this thought. Everyone is like, oh, if they wanted to hang out, they'll just ask me. But if everyone has that thought, no one's gonna ask anybody. Mm-hmm. So just, just ask a friend. We're all in the same boat. We're all in yeah. the same boat. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Speaking New Year's of, resolutions. Yes. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, speaking of how badly do y'all wish you could just be like chilling in Hub Mall, just like, you know, pretending to be doing work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a friend passes you and you like reach out and grab them and just chat for like a minute. And just like, they're really excited to see you. And you're like, I have five minutes to tell you everything. And, <laughs> and then you have to run off to class and it's fleeting. And I'm just sad yeah. because I'm not going to have that again. Me too. You know? My friend, we were talking, we're like, we should just, you know, she graduated already. We're like, we should just go chill in Hub Mall, just sit in there, pull out our laptops and do nothing. (laughs) Just like old times. Why not? What's up, Alex? I forgot that that you guys are finishing (laughs) up. 
Yeah. Because right. I was like, yeah, that is epic. And that'll be so much more fun. And then you were like, we're never doing that again. And I was like, read the room, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought this was like an exciting thing. And it's actually like a kind of sad, nostalgic thing. Oh, and that's, it's tough. that's it's my bad. We're good. I was I was it's actually good. on I was actually on campus today for the first time in a very long time. Whoa. I was just walking through and I like I parked far away from where I had to be just so I can just walk through campus. Oh. Oh. And I was like literally talking to inanimate objects. I'm like, hi sub, how you doing? Oh, how mall, how y'all doing? Like I was just like just reminiscing and I walked through main quad and I was like, I miss walking through here. I'm like running into a friend in the middle of the quad <sighs> and they're like, oh my God, taking your, your phone out like, oh yes. what are you doing here? Like, what's up? um yeah it's 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 a bummer but you better believe you're gonna catch me in beer gardens next year because i did not <laughs> miss out on my last chance to go oh there my God, i'm so bummed too. so i'll be in there you best believe it <laughs> you best believe I'm we'll have there. a we'll have a marketing major reunion in beer gardens next yeah, year dude um, i'll be first guy in first last guy out every day <laughs> every we'll day. be like oh yeah yeah no he's got a he's got a job i don't know <laughs> I don't know why why he's not there, but he's got I'll, one. I'll take a few sick days. No big deal. Heck yeah. No big deal. I feel that. Yeah. Can we also talk about how like objectively the nicest year to be on campus? Temperature yeah. wise, weather wise, it'd Two be so chill. Excuse me? My birthday's coming up. I'm like packing to go to a freaking the freaking lake. It's so warm. Do it. When's your birthday? Normally it's like minus 20. It's at the end of January. January what? 29th. For all the fans who want to send uh, fan mail, <laughs> fan DMs, yeah. marketingmajor.mp3, January 29th is my birthday. <laughs> I'm awaiting attention. Just we'll kidding. set up a P.O. box for the pod too. They can send up some stuff. A digital P.O. box and it's just a link to our, our DM. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram DM. That's our digital P.O. box. Yes, please. But yeah, like going on walks would be so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. you know walking like not, not desperately going like the detours of you feel so cool when you take like all the detours of all the Ooh. pedways you know yes but yes it would also be kind of nice to not from time to time mm -hmm. yeah but but there is something really cool about just being like yeah we'll just pop up here this floor and then we'll go down two and then through here and then around here <laughs> Fish, bash bosh you're in class <laughs> i miss it and i miss it so much what classes are you guys taking this semester? Ooh. I'll let you guys go first. Mine's a pretty short answer. I would like to start off by saying that I am taking one marketing class. So Wow. One of us. One of us. A little one thing I us. like to call a character growth. <laughs> All right. We're we're moving yes. on up. Yes. We're getting there. Love well to that's see exciting. It. Which one? Uh, consumer behavior. Ooh, the classic. Which, yeah, sounds like the holy grail bible of of marketing. So <laughs> I, I was like, I'm gonna go with that one. A lot of it's a good class to take before you, if you do decide to take some higher level marketing ones. It's a good class to take first. A good foundation. It's yeah, true. I I realize that when you're kind of like floating around a certain subject and you want to continue exploring and like kind of poking your head where you want to to start on the right because I feel like sometimes it could get real confusing yeah so so i was i really wanted to know have a foundation so that the next time i decide to pop my head in i'm not completely like deer in headlights what's going on kind of thing very smart approach True. Yeah. what other classes 
What else am I taking? I'm taking small business management. I've been inspired by our friends at Replenish. Check out episode three of the podcast. Hey. (laughs) You see, marketing, ladies and gentlemen, marketing. (laughs) So good. This guy's so good. (laughs) My goodness. Just try to stop me. New year, new me, baby. You can't. Uh, (laughs) You can't stop him. (laughs) Um, And then I'm also taking business of hockey. Um, What? I've heard people, I've heard I have friends who've taken it. Business of hockey? Business of hockey. It's a kinesiology class. Whoa. That's it's a kinesiology so cool. class. It sounds super fun. So wow, I'm so excited for you. I I, I kind of I'm interested in like sports management a little bit and learning about that world a little bit. And yeah. In a Canadian university, business of hockey sounds like about as close to an elective as you're gonna get to that. <laughs> <Makes> so <sense. laughs> at least at the U of A. It's um, true. And then I and then I'm taking like a communications class, a business communications class. So is oh, is that the yeah? That's base 301. <laughs> I've heard Easy. it's a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> How about we we don't know who's listening to this, right? <laughs> Prof's gonna get the wrong idea and just crank it. Oh no. Crank the well, please the, keep uh, it the same. I'm not gonna name any names, but if you have the prop that I had, uh they also know it's easy A and they treat the class like it's an easy A. Like they profs are in on it. We'll talk about that off the record. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Today, what class are you taking? Um, I am taking criminology. Woo. Nice. So that one should be good. And then I'm doing food and feminism, which I'm very excited about also because she, the prof, um, like switched around all of her course material to make it like pandemic specific and like about like the future of agriculture and climate change and all of this stuff. Wow. So like, like she redid the whole curriculum just for this semester. So I'm really pumped about it. And um, like there's, it's not paper heavy. I, I got the syllabus and it's there. I don't even know if there's a paper. So wow. hell yeah. Is that a sociology then, class? No, it's a women and gender studies class. Mm, okay. And then uh, the last one I'm taking is an interdisciplinary class called Loneliness Matters, which I don't know if I've already talked about it, but also like she sounds, the prof sounds adorable. She sent out like a super sweet letter in December and she just sounds really sweet. And it's like conversation heavy and two midterms and a final, the fucking best. (laughs) So I'm very excited. Nice. (laughs) Yes. Sweet. Yeah, hell yeah. What about you? Um, so I only have three more courses left to get my degree. So I'm only taking three courses. Um, pretty three. pretty laid back. And, and also I, I do need two more 400 level courses. So I'm taking uh, one with um, our beloved Onita. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like strategic marketing. So it's like, I think it's a very broad, just like marketing course. I'm interested to see nice. what it's going to be like. Um, and I'm taking uh, Music 203, which is like, like just like pretty much, I don't know if you guys did 103. 103 was just like the intro intro to popular music. So you just like listen, where you learn about like all the different genres and through the decades from like the 20s to now and everything. It's super wild. So I guess 203 is just like looking at it from like maybe a deep perspective, different uh, different genres, different artists and stuff. It's super cool. You get to listen to music in class. You can get to listen to music during the final. You're you taking like, a 200 level music class? Sure am, buddy. Holy. <laughs> that's sick it's fun it's super fun like like learning because like yeah a lot of it is just like other genres that i'm not like too informed or like i don't listen to a lot but like getting to like actually sit in a lecture about like hip-hop and r&b like that's my dream so if i get to do that yeah. at some point i'll do it so that's another class i'm taking and then the third class i'm taking very similar to your uh, 
business of hockey, I'm taking a sports marketing class because I also I'm very interested in like the sports industry and potentially sports management. So I'm taking a marketing and sports class. I'll be I'll be writing that one down. And for any Golden Bears listening on uh, <laughs> on any varsity sports, uh, Mo and I are both interested in sports management. We'll get you we'll get you to the big leagues. Yeah, let, let us represent you. We'll be your we'll be your agents. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. So just like two marketing courses and like sports and music are like my two passions. So I'm hoping it'll be fun. That's hype. I'm forward to it. That's hype. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think we have reason to be excited. It's always fun to hear like what kind of personal interest classes like business yeah. students are taking because I feel like I listen to a lot of my a lot of my friends and what they're taking. Um and and depending on what they're in, like my partner is in human ecology, which is a very like personal degree and and, and needs to be a very personal passion and then my uh my best friend is also in nutrition because it's all about food and everything like that and then like i'm in business which is kind of just like a very general um just a very general program and faculty and um it it ends up being very like career driven almost right where everything Mm -hmm. you do is kind of like developing yourself and, and your skills so that you can get a career you know some other programs have like knowledge and then the career development is like another step of that. Meanwhile, for us, it's like our main step. Yeah. Um, So we always have to like, I found at least when I've been like really struggling with motivation, everything like that, I'm like, I need to go further out of my way a little bit to find courses that are like for me and that interest me and that I can kind of apply with like a mix of whatever's going on in business because business is going to be very focused on my career and like university is, is so much fun. And even now you guys are like reminiscing and everything. And it's, it's so much fun. And I don't want it to just be career development. You know what I mean? Like I want there yeah. to be some like personal stuff too. Yeah. So, so totally. it's, it's definitely something that I've been learning to focus on more as I pick my courses. So, so it's always fun to hear what other people are focusing on, especially in the business, in the business mm-hmm. faculty. And like when you when you take a course that you're also just like genuinely interested in, you tend to apply yourself a little more. You know, you have to mm-hmm. actually like pay attention and like try your to learn instead of just like go through the motions of a course. Because like you know, like yeah, let's do a lecture. Okay, midterm's coming up. Let me start studying, and then okay, next midterm, let me start studying. Like it just it's so monotonous, and it's just like sucks all the fun out of out of school. So when you take a course that you're actually like interested in, like you know, businesses of hockey, uh, food and feminism. Uh, sports marketing like any any of that stuff like i'm actually excited for it and i'm kind of nervous because like i'm about to graduate i'm not really sure what i want to do like specifically like what lane or industry i want to be in so like taking these kinds of courses i'm kind of feeling optimistic that i'm gonna have that aha moment in one of these classes i'm like this this is it i'm gonna do this for the rest of my life you know because i still haven't found that so taking a course like sports marketing that ends up being what i think it's gonna be like i hope i'm like yeah this is it i'm gonna try to just like work my way into this industry and make a career out of it. I haven't had that moment in any of the classes yet so far. Or like a or like a naha moment where you're like, yeah, like you're like, no, definitely not, you know? Yeah. Preferably within the first two weeks of a class, that would be ideal for your naha yeah. moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. Have you guys had one of those before? And which one and if so, like tell us about the class and what that was like. I don't know. I I don't think I've ever like Mm, by the time it's like naha it's too late 
but the I do always have a last minute switch like right at the beginning of the semester when I like look at the syllabus and I'm like um no that will not be for me thank you very much I will be <laughs> switching three, three papers you're like I'm gonna drop it right now I'll just no. <laughs> see you later <laughs> but yeah the other yeah. thing too is is like everything is so connected like so especially in marketing, I find that like a lot of my inspiration when I'm like writing copy or writing a blog or whatever comes from other disciplines and I can apply it in marketing or even just like um, it'll like circulate in my head and it's like a new way of thinking. So it's it's really exciting. And I think that's definitely one of like the big benefits of our program is that that generalized or like our ability to generalize our courses and our interests um, really just allows us to pull from so many different avenues when we're actually practicing. So, yeah. Alex, we're going to say something. Yeah, sorry. Buddy. I was going to say that I've never had a real, a real naha moment after like starting a class necessarily. Mm-hmm. I've never like gone in and be like, hell to the no, I'm out of <laughs> here, never again. And maybe I'm quite lucky and privileged in that aspect. Um, but I had a I had an aha moment this break actually because I had to I like completely reworked my plan for this semester because it must have been made before it, we knew it was online because there's no way in my rightful I had like four and a half hours of online like screen time I had and then followed up by another three like it was just like not gonna happen for me in any capacity. <laughs> um, so I, I always tend and it always seems to happen at winter break maybe maybe I'm my mo- I'm my most optimistic in September. And I think that might be normal. You know, you have like 100%. four months. You're totally. like, I'm a new human being. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to crush it. And then I winter break, you're like, anything. I only have two weeks to retrieve my sanity. We're going to have to work some things uh, to make it possible. So I think in, uh, I think in all three, all in, I think in all three of my winter breaks in university so far, I have completely reworked winter. And maybe that's helped me from, uh, from getting in class and getting a naha moment it was more like a check yourself before you wreck yourself <laughs> naha moment smart smart around new year yeah I, I i agree i don't think i've had one of those moments either i think the closest i've been is like first year business you're taking those like accounting finance courses you're like if i did not yep. have to take this course there's no way in hell i'll be taking it so, so that's true. i guess the closest i've been um my hot take is that intro accounting was fun that's my hot take. Nobody agrees with it, but I had fun. Mm. <laughs> I didn't do well. I didn't, but I had fun. We should we should run a poll on, on Instagram yeah. to see who had fun in intro comedy. Yeah. Just yeah, let's see, do just, that. Just, just see if you're a weirdo or not. Was int- <laughs> is, some conclusive answers here. Is intro accounting aha or naha? That's the <laughs> that's gonna be the poll. Today I just make the poll right now. <laughs> just right now. Just right now. I'm oh no. <laughs> At least wait. No At least realizes. wait until it releases. Okay. Yeah, it's true. What no one realizes is that, okay, I work in social media, but to this day, before posting something, I'm like, uh, uh, and I just have to like send it out and just be like, okay, it's it's fine. I've I've reread this like 50 times. Like it's gonna yeah. be fine, but I'm still scared. Do you do you get more nervous when you're posting stuff for the pod and because like it's like your brand and like yes. say a client's brand, you're like it's just their problem. Yes. If it doesn't go well. Mm, soups. It, no, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm like I want to impress our fellow biz kids, 
So it's like scary because I'm like, and I'm also a little bit older too. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> no, but I just, I just want to make sure that I'm still in the know because like, I don't know, even my little brother who's like, is he, is he in the same year as you, Alex? Or yeah. Yeah. Cause even he seems like a little bit more with it than me, even though I'm only two years older, but <laughs> I don't know. You imagine how I feel today. I feel like you're more with it than I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just feel like I'm, yeah. I can't keep up. There's so much happening. I know. Oh, I sound like a millennial. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything y'all are kind of planning to change about this semester, like going into it, knowing what you know now and having that experience of last semester huh, under your belt <laughs> just just do the classes when they were scheduled yeah yeah it's literally not that big of a problem like it's an <laughs> hour or an hour and a half even if it's not synchronous like if it's pre-recorded yeah. or whatever it's it's just super easy to sit down and do it because yep. when you have to do 10 in a row that's when it oh, gets bad tough. that is tough and it's like, so true I, I I know myself, so I was like, for this fall semester, I just passed. I was like, I need to do that because if I don't, I'm screwed. I did for the most part, and then like the last two weeks of the semester hit, and I just like, I was beyond burnt out. So then I stopped. But for the yeah. most part, it definitely is a smart way of approaching the semester. 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, even if you're not doing it at the exact time, but like, just like plan it out like you're gonna listen to it today and you're gonna like keep up with it you know like just you just, uh, you can't let those fall behind it's no. it's too brutal but then again I don't know if anybody has the same experience that I've had um but like I've been in university coming up on five years now and like I just feel like from semester to semester I just don't learn my mistakes when I do the same dumb shit every time i'm like yeah i've improved one or two things like i've learned how to like approach like studying and lectures better but like when it comes to like time management and procrastination i'm like this is like what i was i just finished my ninth semester and i'm like again mo again we're doing this again really like <laughs> are you kidding me right now <laughs> so yeah like this stuff so there's some stuff i'm gonna learn but i just know i'm gonna find myself at one point like writing a paper that's due in like 10 hours like yeah I'm just I, speaking from our heart here. I'm being honest with you all. I'm not proud yeah. of this, but that's the way it is. No, that's totally fair. I feel like for me, like winter semester is usually better, but that's because, well, part of it is like I do learn a little bit because I'm like, I somehow forgot in the last semester that I need structure in my life. And, and now I can finally add some back in, but it's also just better because the weather like by the end of the semester the weather is warmer you know the sun's not down at like mm -hmm. 5 p.m and like even that just like takes a weight off of my shoulders so 100 yeah. percent. yeah but yeah. then but don't you just want to go frolic in the fields when it's nice <laughs> and warm again because that's i know that yeah. that's all i want to do when springtime <laughs> comes around and it gets all warm i'm like i don't want to i don't want to do this i want to go frolic yeah yeah that's no? fair yeah, <laughs> like I hate to, I hate to judge a book by its cover, but you definitely come off as a frolicker to me. Janea is totally a frolicker. Uh, absolutely <laughs> frolicker over here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I have been known to frolic.
Okay, let's get into it. Today we have Jamie Bay. She is an award-winning marketing strategist, um, founder of Rogue 52 Marketing, founder of The Wellness Warrior. We'll get into all that. She used to work at ATB Financial. Um, if you ask people in the Edmonton marketing industry who Jamie Bay is, chances are they already know. She's pretty well known or in and around. Um, and yeah, super pumped to have her. You guys excited? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Jamie. Go. How are you? Hello. Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. We had to. Um, is this your first Zoom podcast interview thing? No. no. So you're pretty. You're used to this. <laughs> you're ready. How I you am ready. I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess let's get started with an introduction. Like just let people know who you are and then we'll we'll bring it all the way back to like U of A days. Yeah. So where oh man. Um I realized actually yesterday I had something pop up on like my Facebook memories and it was something about drinking my third Red Bull for midterms. And I was like, I started university 10 years ago. Like, wow. <laughs> it was horrid. It was like a horrid realization. And I was like, this is just, I actually started my degree in sciences, which is really funny. And after I started, like almost immediately, I knew that I wanted to be in business. I had a one of my girlfriends who now works at KPMG in Toronto, um, she was going right into business and I wanted to switch, but it was almost too late. So I did the semester of science and it was like as horrible as it sounds. And, and then immediately made the switch over to get into the school of business. But yeah, so that was really interesting. But that memory coming up, I, I was like, I'm not that old. Like I feel young. I don't, I don't feel older. So it doesn't feel like I it's mean, been 10 years for you. Oh, like it feels like, yeah. Well, and that was when I started, let's just be clear. I didn't okay. graduate 10 years ago. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very a different, very different milestone. <laughs> it's a very different thing. Um, so essentially what happened was, um, I went to school, I did a lot of internships on my own, kind of debated the whole co-op program, decided to just get my own internships. And at the time, the School of Retail had a program, it was called like Retail 465, I don't know what it was called. But anyways, you could do it and actually they'd set you up with an internship. And so you got to meet a lot of really cool people. Um, I was working in the advertising department for the brick for that internship specifically, and they did awards for it. It was really amazing. And then after that, um, just through the school of retailing, um, at the time, Emily Salisbury, Emmy DeVoe, um, is her clothing line. Now she was the executive director of the school of retail and she, kind of helped me land my first um, career position, which was branding and marketing with ATB in corporate. Such an amazing organization. And um, it was really timely. I honestly think I got very lucky in the sense that I graduated in December. They happened to have a mat leave opened in the field that 
Um, so it was specifically in corporate social responsibility. And that was something that was very new at the time in terms of a lot of um, different companies. And I did a project on that for the BRIC during my internship. So it really made sense for me to apply to that position. And I ended up getting it um, again, because of course I applied, but having those connections always really helps and worked kind of through ATB in different positions, led marketing philanthropy and there's, you know, marketing, philanthropy-based marketing is so much more challenging because there's, you have to be so careful in how you market and you want to show up as authentic when you're talking about um, whether it's United Way or um, you're giving back to the LGBTQ community. So I led all external diversity and inclusion and you don't want to... Um, you know, you want to really connect with that community and get their opinions on everything that you do. You never want to put out content, I think, regardless of um, the community it is, so the Indigenous community, anything like that. You don't want to put out content that's um, that's discriminatory or it's coming across the wrong way. You don't ever want to sound braggy. So I think in terms of marketing, that's the most difficult marketing you can ever do because you are trying to be, you're trying to do good and give back and you want to appear as genuine as you possibly can because, you know, the company does want to make a difference and it's not like, oh, we should do this, you know, um, with ATB, they had been doing it for years and years without even talking about it. And so bringing that to the forefront in a tasteful way, um, was really tricky. And I, you know, I think that everyone should learn those skills and how to treat that because we know now that philanthropy is so important and consumers really pay attention to that. So how do you do that tastefully and not just getting the perspective of one member of that marginalized community, but hearing tons of perspectives on the work and what they would change, et cetera. So that was an amazing experience. Um, kind of shifted positions throughout, um, got onto the strategy side more so for ATB. So that was um, a confusing time because I real it wasn't confusing, but I really realized like my, my love is marketing um, and branding specifically. So that was an exciting opportunity. And then, um, around my five to five and a half year mark, and this happens for a lot of people, I guess it depends on the person. For me, I really got a um, kind of itch to do something different. And it wasn't, you know, ATV is such an amazing company. They are, they're wonderful. I don't think I've heard anyone say anything. It's rare you would hear someone say something bad about them. And um, I just needed something new. Um, for me, I always want to be working in a different environment and learning things from different people. And so um, I made a switch and I worked in um, uh, for a brief time as the head of brand for a, um, a company called Sidekick and it's an athletic company. We have athletic tools and we were relaunching their entire brand. So that was a three month contract. And that kind of led me to a realization of you know, we were in 2020 
And I feel like 2020, all rules just flew out the window. It was like, you can do whatever you want to do. And I always had, um, because I've been very connected in the community, I do, um, I'm our head of wellness for Yeg Boss Babes. I do a lot of different um a lot of different things in the community and connecting with people. And I'm always so inspired when I hear a story about somebody who um, has maybe worked in corporate and they just left, essentially it left a six figure salary is what I did. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this on my own. And I want to make something of my own. Like I want to live the dream and this is the dream for me. And it took me a long time to realize that and get comfortable with that fear of the unknown and you know I was so thankful to have people like my friends and my family be really supportive of me um regardless of what they might have been thinking or saying um and I just kept kind of telling myself like just just watch just don't believe me just watch and kind of repeating something along those lines in my head and putting my head down and doing the work and you know, within two months, we hit 12 clients, like 12 clients, three high level clients as in like high scale companies um, for Rogue 52, which is the company that I own. And did you say within two months? You know, yeah. That's yeah, unheard and, of. Holy. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, you got really lucky. Um <laughs> But I would say that that's definitely from, you know, I've, I've spent years in the industry and being really connected to people. So people did know about my background. They knew what I did. I've worked with a lot of people in the community, whether it's nonprofit work or um, being on boards and everything like that. So it wasn't just like these people just shot out of nowhere. Um, I really put in the time prior to that to create um, those connections that then led to becoming marketing clients. So you'd say probably that networking pays off eventually to everyone who's probably anti-networks. Yeah. <laughs> Always pays off. No, I agree. Even from my own experience as like a student and like connecting and talking to people in the industry, it's like, it changes the student experience and like your perception on just the industry and, and what you want to do after it's, it's crucial, but I want to, I want to like go back and just like dig a little deeper into your like school of business experience and mm. what it was like for you, what you got involved in, what you didn't like about it. Just, just anything oh, that you want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, <laughs> um, so there was definitely parts that I love the school of business. I think they do a great job of making you feel really special and giving you the resources that a lot of other schools don't get. So I was actually talking to my art director about this because we graduated in the same year. And I was like, remember going to the, um, I don't know what they exactly call it, but it was like the career center and they would like rip apart your resume. Like they would be like, no one cares about this. No <laughs> one wants to hear this. This sucks. And even though it was like, you would leave and you'd be like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I now know how to, I get asked all the time to read over people's resumes and cover letters because that's an experience that they build in the school of business to elevate you. Like they, they might do it in a little bit of a harsh way, but like I can write an amazing cover letter and 
um, and resume now because I had that experience. I know what people are looking for. I know when things are absolutely irrelevant. Um, so stuff like that and you know, really prepping you in your early years and getting to go to Biz 201 and um, really feeling important. Like you're one of, I don't know what the numbers are, but like one of four or 500 kids that gets accepted and um, they do a lot for that. So those pieces were always amazing. There's some amazing profs within the School of um, Business and people that are connected to other people and I think that's all so cool. And then the piece that I would say is also really important is like taking that time to go off on your own and build your own connection. So whether that's finding your own internships um, or whatever that looks like, kind of going away from the school of business to create your own experiences in some ways. So for myself, um, I had friends in my classes, but I wasn't the one group I was really connected to was definitely the School of Retail. Um, but other than that, I didn't necessarily love, uh, you know, I went to some networking events and I didn't necessarily love some of the clickiness, um, so to speak. And um, that doesn't mean that I didn't have a great experience. That's just kind of how the school business can be um, because we get these people um, and some of them are like, oh, like my dad's a CEO of fucking, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, sorry, are we allowed to swear? Because I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, screw yeah. it. Yeah, we swear. Um, fine. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's that element and you, you know those people and you're like, okay, like good for you. Yeah. Um, they still exist, but, by the way. They haven't went anywhere. They're still here. Just so. They're they're still, yeah. Well, and you see cares. them after and it doesn't matter like what you yeah. did in school. It, it, it has you know, I don't know, it wasn't, it's not high school. Um, so, but in terms of the school, I think that uh, they just, you know, I really enjoyed my experience. I know not everyone did, or if, if you were in a different faculty, like there was um, my fiance, we, we met in our second year of university and uh, he was in science and there was none of kind of the, like the, the same kind of how we had cohorts and everything that really didn't exist in sciences. So, you know, engineering and I think business, they're really lucky to have had that. Um, and it's really special. So I love when I get to see a prof that I was connected to like web, for example, and, um, you know, him asking me to speak, um, in his classes and stuff like that and getting to see like what these, um, professors are doing and, um, yeah, that's, you know, I think all around, it was a really great school. It's almost overwhelming how many different options there are when it comes to marketing. Like as someone who's graduating very soon, I'm like, I have no idea where to even start. Like it's, like, where did you start? Where did, where did you start? Yeah. So I started as a marketing coordinator, yeah. um, which is, I always think that's such a great position to start in because you really get a full scope of what everyone is doing. So I knew what everyone in my field or in my on my team, a team of nine, I knew everything they were doing because I reported directly to, um, to the managing director. So anything that was touched by someone, like I was managing the budgets and, um, you know, 
all this other stuff while obviously getting to do marketing work, but getting that lens of what everyone does is super interesting. And you get to kind of have that sense of, you know, I like this, I don't like this. Um, so starting in something that's broad enough to um, get to learn about, and not everyone gets to do that, but I think it's really valuable. I know from myself that I could not be like a straight up copywriter, whereas some people like that's their passion. They want to just write all day long. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of, that's part of what you just have to go through, I think, is figure out what you love and what you, what you don't. <laughs> Alex, you're more of a movie guy, aren't you? I am more of a movie guy. Mo. Everybody go check out Alex's new uh, Instagram uh, page where he reviews. That's, that's hey. vooch.camera.action. V O U T C H dot camera dot action. Giving you the started finest. A week ago. So. The finest, the finest movie reviews you're, you're ever going to see in your life. Um, straight from the source, from the man himself, from the from cinema genius the himself. Mr. Hollywood. Yeah, he is. Alex Vuchkov. Go give him a follow. Very good reviews. Very relevant movies he's currently reviewing. Thank you. And there's a lot more to come, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, Alex? Yeah, I mean, as long as I'm watching movies, I will be I will be posting it. I'm Sounds really like bad at watching movies normally. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, can you imagine? <laughs> like 30 years later, they're like, this guy won't quit. <laughs> no, but I'm like normally really bad at watching movies, even though I'm like a movie person. Um so this was just my way of of encouraging myself to to watch more and to kind of share my thoughts and and talk with some people and so talk us through your journey in figuring out like you wanted to get involved in mental health work in in the industry and in the community and and what your journey and like your experience with that was like yeah so my mental health journey started after I was done my degree. Um, I took some time to go travel um, and ATB was so amazing. They let me, um, I think I had a month where I was already, I had already planned to go to Indonesia. And so they were like, they just kind of waited. Um, they were like, don't worry, like you can sign your contract and we'll just wait till you're back, which was super amazing. Um, I came back and within probably two months, two months, so being just turning 22, um, just turning 22, um, going to these networking events um, and being in these rooms with like at the time, what was still very, very uncomfortable with me, these people who are way older than me, um, these people in suits and la la la. Um, I had my first like anxiety attack, um, talking to this guy and it was super uncomfortable. I, my lips started shaking. It was very clear that like something was wrong with my body, but I didn't even know what was wrong with my body. Um, cause I had never really experienced this. I had normal stress, um, with, with exams and stuff like that. Like I guess anyone would. And, you know, after that point, it was, it was months of me going into the office and I'd be scared that it was going to happen again. And meanwhile, you have this thing in your head, you're trying to show up and you're trying to prove yourself in a lot of ways of like, I can, you know, look at all the stuff that I can do and 
working extra hours, et cetera, and, you know, having no idea. So I knew it was something in my head. I knew, like, I knew it was something related to mental health. Um, so started to see a psychologist and I was diagnosed, like at the time I was diagnosed with a severe social anxiety disorder. And so I spent, and at the time it was just not something like, it was something that um, was a, a little bit talked about in our world um, in corporate, but it was not, it didn't have the emphasis that it does now. And so I didn't talk about it for two years. Um, so only like my closest friends, my spouse, now my now spouse knew what was happening and what was going on. And I'd be so scared. I, I would remember walking up into the corporate tower and just being so scared about like conversations that I was going to have that day and, and who I was going to talk to. And so of course, like going in with that mindset, you're going to be anxious. You're going to be anxious throughout the day, especially if those thoughts are consuming your mind. Um, and then once I did after two years, um, of just struggling, like a lot of struggling and a lot of different coping, um, like probably drinking too much wine at a networking event and stuff like that, starting to open up more and talk about this mental health. And it really started with just some conversations with friends and realizing like how many people were also struggling from similar things, like almost identical. And I just never realized it because it wasn't something that, you know, and still there's a lot of people who, who just don't talk about it. Um, and so that kind of urged me to keep going and it led me to having this love for wanting to give back in the mental health sphere. And so I went to, um, I knew one of our advertising, um, directors, she was involved with a mental health organization. I was like, Hey, I really want to start giving back. I know I'm pretty young. Do you think that there's any possibility to be like on this board? Um, so it was momentum walking counseling and a smaller organization, but they're all about, um, giving people what they need to, um, get access to mental health, get access to a counselor, no matter what you can afford. And so I was, you know, I interviewed with the executive director and the chair at the time and I kind of opened up a little bit about my own struggles and I got that board position and then eventually worked my way up to vice chair and then chair of that board um, but that was the first starting point for me and then slowly from there talking a little bit more and more about what I was going through um, which eventually led me to speaking on a lot of stages nationally and internationally um, and at the time, it wasn't something that was very common. You don't talk about, um, if you're a corporate person, does that make you more weak to talk about it? And even telling my boss and all these things and being worried about how I would be treated, et cetera, when such a large amount of the workforce has dealt or is dealing with a mental health issue of some sort, especially now, like in this, in the pandemic. Um, so that all really got me interested in the wellness side and the ways we can show up for ourselves every single day um, that prepare you. And especially if you're, if you're struggling from a mental illness or if you're not, if you just wanna take care of your mental health, like how you need to show up 
every day to be that best version of yourself. So what do you, because this is such like a, a big thing uh, for you and you really want to make it very present kind of everywhere you are. uh, What do you do specifically at like rogue 52 to, to try and maintain wellness like among the team and have it be like a, a focus and an open space. Definitely. Um, so I read a lot of Brene Brown. <laughs> um, if you're familiar with Brene Brown, she's all about vulnerability. And so having those really candid conversations is huge for me. Um, so with my team, I do things like we start our morning meetings on Mondays with, um, you know, obviously a personal note of like, you know, what, what, what were you excited about that you did or get to do and how are you feeling? And like, not just I'm feeling good. It's like, how are you feeling? And then in everyone's, everyone gets a one-on-one with me. And that always starts with, how are you feeling? Um, what can I help you with? Where are you struggling? And that's, candid conversation I need to get that feedback too if I'm not if I can help you in some way or if I've done something that I could be improving I need to know and that's just being very trusting and open and you know um the other thing would be work is not everything and so it's um in in our personal development or our um, not personal development in our, um, I'm drawing a blank of the word, our developmental. Like growth, like mental, like. Oh, no. um, so you know how you have your, you have your set times of the year where you do your. Oh, um, professional development. Yeah. You do your performance reviews. That's what we call oh, it. Oh, gotcha. thank you for, thank you for helping me. With that. There we go. Mind blank. <laughs> Um, so you're doing your performance reviews and a lot of times, um, it wasn't until I was in my last years at ATB that we really changed how we did them. But I really believe in setting like in terms of, you know, there's always going to be the professional side because we need to achieve certain goals. And so you always have that part. Um, but when we go into developmental side, it's like, what are two things professionally? And then what are two things personally that you want to work on for the next six months? And what is that goal? And that really started with my my last manager at ATB kind of bringing that piece into the conversation, which is just so important because there's not, it's your, it's your life. It's one life and just happens to be that a lot of that life you spend in your work environment. So for me, my first one was like, I wanted to be able to run a half marathon by X date. So it's like, how are, what are the steps you're going to do to get to that point? Um, So all of these things really kind of help guide it. And then I think also just, you know, for me, it's leading by example. And um, like, I don't show up at the office until I've, I've worked out and I've journaled and I've meditated because I know that I've, I've spent a lot of time curating those habits, but I know that I'm not going to show up properly for um, myself and my team, if I don't do those things for me at the start of the day, I'm just going to be, it's, you can, it's night and day, the difference that it makes. Like if I know I've poured into my own cup, like I am going to be more creative. 
Um, there's so much that happens when even if you take time for meditation, you can be in a present tense, um, how creativity can like throw flow through you. So all of those things are so important, but I definitely think in terms of our, my team's wellness, like always being the one to lead vulnerably. That's really important. I think, I think all this you do at Rogue is like super important. And I, I think every organization out there should be doing this, but I think the biggest struggle, because like you are a small, it's a smaller team. I think the, the biggest struggle and why it's not happening is because it's harder to execute on a larger scale, like for really, really big organizations. Like how do they do the same thing you're mm -hmm. doing at Rogue? Yeah, I think for, so for ATB, it was definitely, um, I was there at the time where Lauren Rubis was our, um, was our people and culture, chief of people and culture. And he is, he worked prior for the LA Kings in the C-suite as well. And so he was absolutely brilliant at um, working with Dave Mowat directly, who was the CEO at the time, and knowing the things that are the things that really innovative companies are doing when we look at um, when when we look at companies in um, in California, et cetera, like Google, they're doing these things. They know what works for people, and you have to trust your people enough to, you know, we don't not having set hours, for example, would be one of them. You don't need to. I don't need to clock in my employees, and I I trust them to work however they need to work. Like if you want to work from home, if you want to work at, you want to start work at 1030 in the morning, like I, I don't care as long as you're getting your stuff done or where you need to work from. All of these pieces were things that were implemented by um, Lauren and Dave essentially at ATB. And it's, it was, you know, for people who had lived in um, the industry before this time, um, especially for um, like this older generation, they were like, what, how am I supposed to track what my employees are doing? And it's like, you have to have that trust with them. Um, and then other things that are really important, it's like, you know, take time for learning, take time for, you should invest in your people wanting to do different things. Does your person want to like, whatever their development looks like you need to be able to support their goals as well they're not just this person that works for you that's not being a leader um and so yeah we had these this manifesto that we ended up you know bringing to life and so constantly just doing that and I think it has to it needs to come from the top of course, that's the biggest thing. It needs to come from the top and it needs to be like led by the C-suite if you want it on that larger scale organization or else it's not, it's not gonna work. Um, so, you know, not encouraging your people to, like my last executive vice president, he would be like, if I was on vacation or on a weekend, he'd be like, stop texting me, get off your phone. Um, I do that a little bit. I try to do it less with my team, but because we're still a startup, um, I know that things happen. And I, I really try to not encourage it for especially our coordinator um, because she's not jaded by years of, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's just important. Like for me, our weekends, I really, I might do an email here and there, but we 
um, because my fiance and I, he works just as much. Um, he's an account man and he, like, we need to take that weekend. We, we don't, you know, I'll take a two hour nap. If I need to take a two hour nap, he'll sit on his games or whatever he's doing. And it's like, you need that time, like whatever your body needs, like do that. Don't overwhelm yourself on the days that you need to relax. All those things are so important. Totally. And see, it's, it's, it's about trust and it's about like a focus on, on learning. And you mentioned those two, but I also feel like what's missing. Well, what's happening right now is, is there's this like focus that, or this conception that your worth depends on your output, your creativity, being able to land clients, um, you know, award-winning campaigns. Like it's all about what you can provide. And I think that's what kind of leads to a lot of people's like stresses and anxieties when it comes to their job. Yeah. And I, I, is that changing or is, is it still kind of like that in the industry? And have you experienced that? Yeah. So I've, yeah, I've definitely experienced that. And especially in my, you know, actually I'm not going to say in my earlier years because I still have this, but it was definitely something that I was constantly like, I wanted to win um, these awards. And it's not like you just win an award. If you're familiar with it, like you have to do a lot. It's like a, it's like a project. It's like a school project where you have to put in hours and hours to like perfect wherever you're submitting to, whether it's ACE or IBC or whatever, um, and do that work. So it's, it's grueling and it's time consuming, especially when you have your job and then people want to have this volunteer experience. And there's, there's definitely, um, a tendency to take on more. And I think this year has allowed us to reflect a lot more back on, okay, I was doing three networking events a week um, before COVID hit. And I love networking, but I also get, it's, it's very draining. And now I have this energy that um, I didn't necessarily have before because you're depleting yourself so much. And then you're trying to show up and it's very challenging. Um, and, you know, I don't know that I have really great, you know, examples. I think that it depends where you work for and what you're doing. But unfortunately, like a lot of this giving back and stuff, it's coming out of your own time. So it's like, what are you doing besides this to make sure that you're putting yourself as your number one priority. Like I need eight hours of sleep or else I will not function properly. So if that means that I need to get up later in the day, um, like, and not at five 30 or six, when I usually get up, um, then that's fine. And giving yourself that grace, um, and not just like jumping in your car and like going to work, like taking that time that you need whenever it is for me, it's the morning. It's like my sacred time, but yeah, it's, it's a tricky, it's, it's tricky. And especially if you're, um, competitive at all, um, which I'm assuming that you guys might be competitive in some ways. Um, it's really, uh, it's a tricky balance for sure. And so my way of dealing with it is just, you know, always, always learning and always putting my wellness first. When you think, I've spent years thinking like, oh, I have so much on the go that I'm going to stop working out every day, or I'm going to stop this because I just don't have time. And now I know like, that's the last thing that goes for me. 
that is the like no it never it's like a non-negotiable I do not stop my wellness because my business is busy it's like the opposite has to happen or else I will drown um and so I think that's super important too yeah I think uh burnout is a very very common thing, not only in like work, but it's, I think it starts in school, like a hundred percent because you kind of fully envelop yourself in, in whatever you're doing. And maybe you're a little competitive, or maybe you are just like super passionate about this one thing. And you're like, you'll always say like, just, it's just an extra little thing, an extra little commitment, an extra yes. Um, but I think, especially because like how you said, our schedules are wonky, especially in university. Um, it's really easy to not really set that sacred time or set like certain boundaries, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like setting boundaries, especially like as an entrepreneur, um, it I is probably just as tricky, if not trickier. Yeah. Um, so, so it's learning those things like saying no, you have to learn to say no. And it's harder when you're, you know, I remember being a little bit younger and I wanted to say yes to absolutely every opportunity that came my way. And it's, it's tricky. And now I say no a lot. I say no quite a bit to things. Um, because I do things like goal setting at the beginning of the year for personal and professional. And if it doesn't lie within that, um, then it's a no. And so it's, it's really a lot easier when you have that clear, you can't just kind of guess, you have to have this foundation built of like, what are the goals that I'm achieving? And is this helping me? Um, Because you're going to get inundated with requests to do X, Y, and Z, and some of them are going to fit. And some of them just aren't going to fit. So, um, for example, if I'm giving back to the community, 99% of the time it's for mental health causes, but I still get asked for other causes that aren't related. So it's like when, like, I need to know when it's a no, regardless of like who's on the board or whatever. It's like, is this helping me overall in my growth? So yeah, setting those boundaries is huge. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I do that. That's interesting. <laughs> I feel like because it it would I feel like it will change so much uh, in university because you have like one idea of what way you're planning on doing, and then that kind of kind of flips on you a little bit. So maybe when that time does come, when you feel like things are flipping around, to like take that step back again and like reassess to make sure you kind of know know what you're dealing with. Yeah, I was, I was, I was just gonna say that, like, as students, we're told just like say yes as often as possible because you never know what's out there, and that's great advice. Like, you don't want to miss out on an amazing opportunity just because you said no. But like, that's obviously not a sustainable approach to life. Yeah. Like, like I think yeah. at a certain point you gotta start saying no more often. I just don't know when that point is. Like, was there like a You'll shift, a clear shift? Oh. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> you'll know, you'll like, start getting I'm just, overwhelmed. I'm done. Leave me alone, everybody. I don't want <laughs> yeah, to do this anymore. You'll yeah. start getting overwhelmed and you still want to say yes. And it's it's very clear when you have to be like, okay, I this is so much on my plate. Like I cannot. And then you're gonna underperform and you're not gonna be able to show up for those commitments in the way that you want to. And so it's like, how many things can I have on my plate um, and do them well? And so, and then everything else, it's just like, I am not, I can't take time to do that out of my day. So it's finding that balance, right? 
I think almost like the worst thing for me is like barely getting away with it. Yeah. Like overcommitting and then just barely getting away with it so that the next time you're like, I mean, it was a little tight, but I made it work. And then it's like, <laughs> mm. and then you get older and then you get more tired. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. I See? think I'm like, I'm learning that too now where like some friends are like, there's like this opportunity and I don't know because I have already like my plate is full and I'm like, we're the kind of people who will say yes because we're like, we can swing it. We, yeah. we'll, it's tight, but we can swing it. And it's like, well, you don't need to swing it all the time. So totally. Uh, and on learning that, note, that is. Too, I think it's just also being able to, um, and I think this happens more like more at the start of your career too, where you're like, you want to have this like set plan of life. And the more you get into life, the more you're like, well, this was a shit show. Um, and so you're more open to opportunities. Um, and I think that's really important because even when I started at ATB, people were like, oh, are you going to be here for like, is this like your, your place you're going to be? And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to work with an incredible, um, and I think I mentioned this Mo in the class that you were in, but Peggy Garrity, who is your chancellor of the U of A, if you knew, she was our head of brand at the time. And she gave great advice. She was like, I'm so, I've never had a plan. And she's like, I've always accepted opportunities as they come. And so what you, what happens if you're like, I'm going to, you know, I don't, I really don't believe in five-year plans. I think they're stupid. (laughs) And so what I, I, I just think that like, if something comes your way and you're so set on this five-year plan, you're going to miss out. Like, what if you had a great opportunity and you were like, oh no, that's not in the plan. Like I'm, I got to get to like the C-suite or I got to get to a director level. That's, that's the goal. Um, your goals can shift and move and life happens. Like, did we know that we'd be living in, in a pandemic? No. Um, so take opportunities like that are calling to you and that feel right. Like, do not just be like, this is not within the plan. I'm supposed to find my husband at 28. Like (laughs) what? Um, So I think that's an important thing to remember too, because it's super easy, especially when things are so unknown in your early twenties that I think that you try to cling on to something like, you're like, I I can cling on to this like dream of who I'm going to be. And it's so toxic to do that when really great things can come flying your way. I think uh, catching little hints throughout this whole thing is because it's so variable and there's so many things that go into your mental health and your wellness. It's, it's important to like ask yourself like those questions and like take some time to step back into figure out like what's important and why am I doing this slash why do I feel like I need to be doing this because then Mm. you kind of find your balance because for some people it's super internal and for some people it's super external um and you kind of need it's it's not something that people always kind of take a step back and like to like to think about it's it's very go 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 you finish high school you go and you dive into uni you you feel like this is a good idea. It's not, you switch because you can't take too much time to linger and think about it. And there's, there's always this kind of go, go, go yeah, um, kind of thing. And, and it's a great idea to take some time to figure that out. So like, I always tell people, I'm like, don't, don't keep going with something that you don't feel the greatest about because 
if you don't give yourself time to stop, you're not gonna stop. <laughs> uh huh. Oh man, a hundred percent. And just, I totally agree with you. What you said about like bringing it back and how important that is. And so many people don't take that time. Like I literally um, start. I've already started it for the next year, and it could be whatever time frame you want. But I take like a solid month and get really clear on like you know, my clarity and my purpose and my vision and all of these different things. So that's my love and geekiness for personal development, but it all adds up and it helps you with like, okay, what, what is it? Like, what, how am I doing with like relationships in my life and all of these things that really matter um, and writing it down and getting crystal clear. Like I spend a month doing this on and off. And so then, um, when I go to make my goals, which I always like reverse engineer. Um, so my goal and, and don't pick like 80, you pick like three, um, you pick three. And I don't know if this is, this is a, um, industry term, but it's called a BHAG, which means a big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, you'll hear it. And it's a, it's a weird sounding word, but you pick three <laughs> and then you kind of backtrack them. So maybe it'll be like, I want to save this much by the end of the year. So, okay, how do you backtrack every single quarter to like get to that point? Or maybe it's something with like your, it should be tangible, but like maybe it's something with your health or your wellness or whatever it is. But all of those pieces that I've done up to that point in the previous month, like help you to get there. And I think that the reason we jump at random opportunities and fill our plates too full is because we haven't taken that time like in this life this is like one life like why why am I rushing so I think that's super important that we take the time to do like more important than we place emphasis on I wanted to ask something because um in marketing especially as a student I'm imposter syndrome is front of mind 24 7 like all the time I I suffer from it like chronically and like you've been doing this for like a pretty long time and you've kind of got yourself figured out well, it's like you look like you got yourself figured out um, oh that's nice I just have a blazer <laughs> on that might be why <laughs> I mean generally like like you you got rogue like doing really really cool work um the wellness uh the wellness center like you're doing some really cool stuff do you still suffer from imposter syndrome or is that something you figured out no 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 no. um yeah imposter syndrome is real it's so real for like everyone I know no matter you know and it's it's really fun when you get into um into the professional world because some of my friends my good friends are like you know in their 40s and late for it's like it's you, you kind of lose track of numbers and it doesn't really matter. I think one thing you realize is no one has it figured out. Everyone has imposter syndrome. That's a really important thing to remember. So even if you're like in the middle of entrepreneurship and it's like, I have ups and downs all the times, like days I'll be like, wow, look at this. Like, look at our numbers. And then the next day I'm like, who the fuck do I think I am? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Exactly. Who are you? Like what? <laughs> uh, all the time constantly and it's like do you have have you equipped yourself with the tools that you need the support system that you need to um 
talk yourself through that. Like you, you can do whatever you want to do and like fire yourself up. Like things, um, I have things like hustle playlists or like pump up playlists. I have, you know, affirmations that you tell yourself, like you, you know, you're freaking awesome. And like, you have to pump your own self up because, you know, you're the, you're the one, the only one who's standing in your way of getting to wherever you want to go in life. Like that's, that's just you. Um, and the imposter syndrome is within you. Does it go away? Um, no, but I think that you do get better at having this confidence, especially if you practice it. Like if you practice things like being mindful of your thoughts, you're going to be able to see when you, when your head spins negatively, um, when you're, you're doubting yourself and then you can be like, whoa, whoa, what was that? And then you can start talking to yourself. Like you talk to your own friend. Like if your own friend was telling you about this imposter syndrome and they're like, I suck at this. Or like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Like, who do I think I am? Like, what would you tell them? And so things like mindfulness and all of those habits, they can help you redirect your, your thoughts. Like, why are you saying these things to yourself? You would never say them to someone else. Um, so that's really important to remember, I think. Um, but does it go away? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I was, think it fully goes away. I, was, I mean, maybe I some wonder. people. Some people maybe. But I always wonder, yeah. like, do CEOs suffer from, like, like that imposter syndrome like does tim cook doesn't does he not feel like he belongs to, like, i don't personally to know be, tim cook, like heading but, uh, like apple like that'd be interesting i don't know we'll get yeah no and i think that there's still <laughs> i think that there's still like when you get to i think what happens when you get to certain ceo levels or um the c-suite is like some you just feel lonely a lot of the times because people think that they can't, and I've seen this with my, like when I was working with ATB with our own executives, um, people feel that they need to back off and they can't necessarily talk to them. Like there's so many times and like, I'm so thankful to have known Dave. He's probably, Dave Mowat's one of the greatest leaders um, probably that I'll ever get to work with. And I've seen him sitting in rooms of like a bunch of his employees and not being talked to because people are like, scared that like he's just a human being he has the same thoughts as you and I um and you know I think that's really important to remember um especially when you're first starting out like they're just a person they they just want to chill and they 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 don't mind if you swear <laughs> um I think all those things are important to remember and of course we need to like you know there's all these things about like you, you treat everyone with respect but I firmly believe like I don't talk to a uh CEO different than I talk to a janitor like that's just my mantra and I think that helps with your confidence too I love how you brought it full circle because for students and networking events, like stop talking to them like they're not human beings. Like it's so strange. It probably makes them extremely uncomfortable. Like I can remember talking to like the CEO of Aritzia, who I think he was the CEO of Aritzia. I can't remember now, but like it was just this awkward, like these like girls going up to him and like this is just like like if it was me, I'd be like. I mean, he, he held himself and he was fine, but it's like, he's, he's just a person, right? He just yeah. wants to be treated. They just want to be treated normally. Preach, preach. So 
I guess my thing is these are all like we've talked about so many different things that could kind of hit you right in the right in the mental health. Um, but when when you're when when we're in school and yeah. we have those points of the semesters where we just dip, where we, things are going wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right now, I feel like part right of now. it. <laughs> yeah, in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, part of it is like. Yeah, what aren't you guys? Your exams are probably coming soon. Are you in midterms? Been, Honestly, been here. What, they're coming. Who knows? Up. They're, they're always all, here. All over the place. <laughs> we got reading really me coming up, and after that, you really don't know what's gonna happen to you. It's like yeah. you're at a house party and there's always that one person that you don't like in the corner of the room and you're just like you're hanging out as much as you can but you're always like oh he's still <laughs> they're still there <laughs> the tricky thing about university is like it's always like if you're at a party you're always like it's in your head you're like well, i could be studying and it's like mm. this like when i leave the office like my brain shuts off and you can't like university is hard because like you're always thinking about it like you're always like i could be reading and it's like this terrible yeah i get that can't wait to graduate so i could turn my brain off after 5 p.m i cannot yep. wait and on the weekends because yep. it's non-stop yeah see, <sighs> see but like my question is when you hit that point in the semester when you just like don't want to get up anymore you're like i can't go to this class i don't want to what kind of motivates you is the fact that you like have a certain amount left in the semester kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. you can like learn to push yourself for a certain point. But then when you leave university, now it's like, a, it's more of a perpetuity, so to speak, like there is no end of semester, not necessarily summer break. There's like versions where you, you know, there, there is opportunities to kind of take breaks and whatnot. But I was going to say, like, you can't really motivate yourself for or make push yourself for a certain amount of time and have that be like, I'm cleared. Yeah. Is, is that different in, in, in the work environment when there are, it's no not as intense. And I promise you That's it's not the other like thing, that. Yeah. It's not going to be like, Oh my gosh, I have like five exams and this paper it's, it's, um, it's just less intense. First of all, that definitely helps. Um, second of all, I'm like a huge proponent of like, if you don't love what you're doing, like, and I know that's so cliche, but you got to, you have to. And when it feels like it, when it starts to feel not like you're, you lose that zest that you once had, like, that's a pretty good indicator that you, you need to take that. You need to find your courage and take that uncomfortable lunge out of that. You can't just sit in that. And I think that's what happens to people. And then the other thing is really honing in. And I, I talk about this so much, but like honing in on your why. Your why is, is everything. Like it stems, like your goals stem from your why. And when you write out your why, um, it should be, it, it shouldn't be surface level. Like you should write, okay, what, like, I'm doing this because X. Okay, but why? And like you write, but why over and over and over until you get to this deep sense of like understanding why you're doing the things that you're doing. Um, and I think that's a huge help. I write my why out more than once a year. Um, and then the other thing is just um, sticking with something that you literally love and sometimes maybe it's not your job like sometimes maybe you're taking a job that you don't like 100 love but it's like have these other elements in your life 
that bring you this joy and bring um, your sense of why to life. Like maybe it's a board or maybe it's something else that you're doing. Um, but like filling it with things that you love that you can get um, enveloped in, it's like, I think it's the most important thing ever. Totally agree. And to, to all like the super businessy students and the case snobs that are listening, that's pretty much a root cause analysis, but just do it on yourself instead of on, on a case. <laughs> <laughs> little case yeah. joke for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I found like, I found like what I enjoy most in my work environments to date is the people that I'm surrounded by. So like for, for me, it's not always as much workflow. Like I've had very different jobs all the time and some have been pretty similar, except I've hated them comparatively. Um, so like, I'm very glad that I have found like, what is the thing that I'm looking for in a sense? And like what I will re like, what will make me happy. Um, and it's not really much to do with even the work necessarily all the time. Like it's, it's stuff mm -hmm. external to the work or external to, I don't know, the pay or whatever. Yes. Things you think about so much throughout university is what position, what, what's the ceiling, what's the this, what's the that, like, it's sometimes it's so much, it's so different. Yeah. And yeah, it just, oh man, it has to feel, it has to be right. And sometimes it might take a while to get to that place where it's like, this is, this is right. This is so right. I'm so pumped. And like, that energy that you have when you get that first position and you're like 21 or 22 or whatever, doesn't matter your age, but you like, I try to always have that zest. Like I wake up and I get like, I jump out of bed half the time um, because I'm so excited for like the things that I have going on that day. And when I don't have that anymore, then it's time to pivot, like pivot again. And you can, you can reinvent yourself over and over. And it's, you're not like starting from scratch anytime because you're always learning. It's never a failure. You're always learning something from what you did before. So, um, yeah. And I've been told that before, like, wow, look at you restarting. And it's like, huh, I, I wouldn't know that I'm restarting, um, because I gained so much experience from what I've done in the past. So, so important to remember that too. Yeah, give her some credit here, guys. She's not, <laughs> you never restart and holy. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think like you never take a step backwards necessarily. Um, no. And starting to think like, and starting to feel like you are is also kind of a, a, a dangerous slope a little bit. Uh, I we, we really love progress. That's the thing that's really great. So you know, learning to look at it differently and there's different kinds of progress, right? So. Let's, uh, let's hop into our fun guest segment. Uh, we have a brand new segment here. Uh, oh. Never done before called Jamie's bonus <laughs> tips. Uh, by the way, that's the running joke is that every segment is brand new. It's not really. <laughs> okay, good. We're we always do brand new segments every time. So no pressure uh, on you specifically. But yeah, uh, Jamie's wellness tips. Give us like what you think are like the best go-to strategies or any tips of like maintaining good wellness, um, mental health, 
Just give would, it to us. I would say both in a both in like a professional and yeah. a personal sense. If if yeah. you have Love a for both. Also, that transition between the the like the school and professional because I think mm. mental health changes too. It does. You know? Oh my yeah. gosh, so tricky. Like being in school, I had like a shit like wellness routine. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't Get think is a wellness routine. Please tell us what um, it is. Please tell us what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, spending time with friends. Um, obviously that's yep. goes without saying, you know, I, again, I'm just going to bring it back to the fact that like I, and then it's also just as you as you get older, you realize the things that really work. And like you, you can almost hone in, like I hone in on exactly like how many hours of sleep I need. Whereas like, I would have had no clue in school because first of all, you never get the same hours of sleep and you take things like, I don't know if you like this, is, but I like took energy drinks to like be up until a certain time to study. And like, I didn't know like what my body needed for sleep. I didn't even know that until like a couple of years ago, like, okay, if I get under this amount of sleep, like things are not going to go well in my day. Um, so a lot of these things like have to be learned and you have to like experiment with them. Um, I'll try to slip, switch back and forth though, but please note that like a lot of these things um, have to be learned and it has to be learned um, what works for you. One that doesn't matter what age or where you are in life, like movement of your body for just like take 30 minutes out of your day. And I love the words from Tony Robbins. He says like, if you don't have 30 minutes, you don't have a life. And that's like super blunt, but it's super real. Like, and I know that you're probably going to be thinking in your head, like I could be studying, I could be doing this, but like 30 minutes of movement, whatever that looks like for you, um, whether it's like running or you find a cool program that you like or whatever, um, you're doing something with a buddy. Um, it's, it's a game changer because it's pumping up your, um, like your endorphins and your good hormones, and you're going to feel so much better. Like no matter what, um, if I'm having the crappiest day and I move my body, I'm always going to feel better every single time, like without a doubt. Um, so it's just getting into that routine um, that can be sometimes super tricky, especially if like there's not that consistency. Um, the other thing definitely like is a meditation. This could be a five minute meditation. It could be a 10 minute meditation. But the things that meditation, like I think we all know um, now that more and more research is done, like how this impacts every aspect of your life. Um, from your relationships and just how you're able to show up and how you're able to be like cognizant of the fact that you're just like floating around on a planet <laughs> um and just think about which, it every which time. might make things better or worse depending it makes it worse. on <laughs> you could go through an existential crisis not gonna side lie. effects may include <laughs> existential crises yeah exactly Oh, and that's one thing that's so great about university because you have sometimes like you're with philosophy students and then you suddenly just go into existential crisis and you're like, what the fuck? Anyways, um, <laughs> but so uh, there's definitely meditation, even if it's five minutes, like it literally can rewire your brain. Um, for me, journaling is huge because I start my day with journaling. So I know exactly 
like I, I write down the things I'm grateful for. That's a huge thing. Even if you write down every single day, like three things you're grateful for, um, your mind changes over time. Like you, you become more appreciative of everything around you. I, and then I, I go through like a list of things I write. So like, you know, what would be one thing if I got done today that I'd be so happy or like, what can I celebrate from yesterday, whether it was good or bad, all these things that I write down. Um, those are a few things. Then of course there's things like, you know, drinking, drinking enough water and like trying to nourish your body, which I know is super freaking hard when you're in school. Like it's so hard and your metabolism is much better than mine. Um, <laughs> but it's like, these things are all like, they're all contributing and like getting that sleep, like sleep is going to help you focus. So it's like the things that we know, they're so valuable, but it's like how, you know, sometimes you only like, maybe it's one thing. And this is a, something that I talk about when I have life coaching clients and stuff. It's like, I have these things built in my life, but it's taken me a long time to get there. It's not like one day I was like, I can do this, this, and this, and this. Um, you usually start with like one thing and get really, really good at that. I think something, it's something like 60 days now, at least to build a habit that will be like continued. It's actually a very long time. It's not 21 days. That's fake. Um, yeah, I've, I've tried it. 21 days and not do the trick. So no, it does, does <laughs> definitely takes longer. <laughs> I, yeah. So it doesn't, um, don't think like I'm going to do all these things at once. Cause a lot of people try that. They're like, I'm going to start doing this and that it never works. You cannot do it well. Like no one has done that. Well, the people who you see doing all these things, they probably spent a lot of time like perfecting one and then moving to the other. Um, and so just pick one, like, maybe it's like, you're like, I'm going to, um, every single morning, I'm going to write down three gratitudes and then kind of getting into like the, why you're doing it. Um, and then there's so many things for how you can actually make those habits happen. So, um, atomic habits is a, a good example of a good book for this, but it's like, cause you're never going to want to do it. You're never going to, until it's a habit in your life, like eating breakfast, you're never going to just want to do that until it's a habit. So it's like, what are these steps pairing it with an existing habit? So I will not like, for me, one of mine is like, I let my dogs out to go to the bathroom and I then sit down and I journal because it's an existing habit. Um, pairing it with something that you're like, I will not eat breakfast until I'm finished my workout. So something you can pair it with that's always consistent. Like you're going to eat breakfast every day or you're going to brush your teeth every day. So can you pair something right before that? Um, these are all really good tips that like actually help the habit occur because a lot of the times we, we don't even know how to start a habit or how people get to making them consistent in their lives, which is um, a that's a huge block, right? Wow. Lots. That was a lot of great tips. <laughs> that, was a, that was a lot of information. That was, but am that was the, amazing. The most important thing is don't try to do them all. Just, yeah. yeah. I feel like we, we try to do them all because we feel like we don't have enough time to do one. That, like we feel like time is like very limited. Mm -hmm. You have time. You don't have to do it all right now. Just take no. your time with it. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I didn't yes. really think about the pairing either. Like, I feel like every time I've tried to start something new, 
I'm like, well, I was doing so great for the last bit. And then this day is weird. And now I wasn't able to do it and I feel bad about it. But if, yeah. you, if you do pair with something that even in the weird days, you are going you to always do that. Teeth, you are going to eat mm-hmm. um, and kind of using that uh, as like something to lean on. Yeah, that's yeah. What, that's what and I that's with everyone's days, right? They're never like, mm-hmm. you know, my day is never the same either. And so it's like, what are those things that are always going to be there? And so things yeah. like meals, meals are always going to be there, whatever you're eating. Like if you're eating ramen, it doesn't matter. Um, microwave, whatever, like you're always going to eat. So you can, you compare something that takes like, you can take something that's like five minutes and put it right before that um, yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. I think as, as like somebody like me who doesn't really like routine, I can't, mm. I'm one of the few who just, really? I do I not need routine. I need, I do not, I do not like routine. Um, and so it's like, I can't really be like the, I want to do these things every day. It's like not a super easy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like habit creation, habit, like generation is really difficult for that exact reason. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot harder and everyone's brains work differently. Like I've worked with clients that, you know, have that your more type of brain. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not a bad or a good, it's not either thing. It's just a different way that your brain works. Like you do not do well with like a specific schedule set. Um, And that's okay. And there's like ways that you can work around that. So it like feels like, like you almost have this feeling probably that you're like, I'm not going to be controlled. Like <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do my own thing. You can't um, control me, Mo. I'm a free spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that definitely makes it trickier when you, when you have that mindset, but there's ways to go get around that for sure. And, and I think like what's important too, is when you do realize that this is maybe not how things are always done or like, this is something that works for me, but doesn't work for everybody is not fighting against it or anything like that, but acknowledging it and like accepting that about yourself, uh, like accepting that part about yourself so that you can work with it. Like, I feel like before, if I was starting a new habit and I didn't quite do it every day or I didn't do it exactly this way that everybody else is doing it, it wasn't working for me. Mm. But in reality, that's actually kept me from starting a lot of new habits or a lot of things that I want to do because I feel like I can't meet this certain standard of what it means to have a habit as opposed to just doing it the way I need it to be done and the way it works for me so like acknowledging what you need and accepting what you need is is a super big piece of it exactly I totally agree it's I think the conclusion we're going to come to is that I think mental well like wealth and and health is different for everybody like your boundaries are different your trigger points are different Yes. Your what your limitations, what you're capable of, it's all gonna be different. So just figure figure your your fit out and then don't worry about what everyone else got going on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And of course, there's things like I, you know, movement is medicine. That's something I say so much. That's one that's like, oh, if you can get in the habit of movement, and I know that some days, like, and I've been asked this before, it's like, but some days I just don't want to. And it's like, some days I don't want to like put on clothes, but like, I'm like, and maybe that's tough love, but like, you're always going to benefit from something like that. So, um, and, and 
in terms of like, it's not like I do it every single, like there's days that I fall off too. There's days that every, everyone falls off, but 100%. certain things, like they're always going to be the best for your mind, like no matter what. And I think it's just important to recognize that. I think that's a great place to leave things off. Um, <laughs> for real. No, I was, that was a perfect note. Thanks for all the tips, Jamie, and, and the great discussion. It was such a blast. We hope you had fun I feel like too. That by was the like way. A, an inundation of information. <laughs> no, that's good. That means people will come back to listen to it again. It's yep. <laughs> it's all economics. It's all it's, <laughs> it's all it's all marketing here. <laughs> it's all marketing here. <laughs> I love it. All right, Jamie. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys really for having it. me. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. We hope you had fun. <laughs> yes, I did. Talk to you later. Sounds good. Take care. Jamie Bay, everybody. That was awesome. Super insightful talk. Okay. All right. There was so much covered there. That was great. that was really great. And Let's honestly let me just... the last section, like her her tips really hit hard for me because I feel like post pandemic, well, during pandemic, like all of my routines just like fell out the window and I like I moved in with my partner and like I feel like I don't even know what like works for me like in terms of like I don't know like eating lunch and like fitting movement in so I really was like yeah yeah I need, yeah before, I feel like before the pandemic my routine was not great and then like there's the first there's a bit of the first like month I think of the pandemic where my mental health just went down the drain and then mm-hmm. after that is when I developed like a really good routine. I would like work out consistently and I'll be eating good and all that stuff. And oh, then that cool. just kind of fizzled out. Just like we were saying, like you start doing something and then it is hard to maintain it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you guys, did you, was your kind of path the same way or was it? Not, not really. It's different. Yeah. yeah I think I, it is cool. I think it is cool. I a hundred percent went through the exact same thing where like right yeah. when we went in, I just like didn't do anything. And then I was like, boom, exercise, boom, yep. homework and or just any work. And then it just fizzled out again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not and because like not because anything really happened or I like felt worse. I just like, nothing changed. I think nothing with changed. exercise, that's how I kind of am a lot, too, yeah. where I'm like, yeah. I like am really good about it for a really long time. And then I just stop, which is unfortunate for me. It's like now I kind of mentioned it accept that a routine isn't necessarily what I'm looking for mm. and just be okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. cause I just felt so bad about that. So then what are you looking for? If it's not routine? Um, I don't really know. Yeah. That's <laughs> I don't fair. really know. And you and don't have to, that's, that's the thing the, too. We, we don't have yeah. to know what we want. Like that's not the best answer, obviously yeah. saying, I don't know. Um, but it's definitely not a bad think, answer. I, yeah. Well, I, I think it's like, because like, what's the word for not having a routine? There is, you, people don't really have a life. It's called a life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People. I think it's just life. I don't think life, I don't think life and routine go hand in hand. I think life is very fluid sense. and very different from month to month, year to year. Like, like she just like, like Jamie said, like, don't plan five years ahead. Like, don't have a five-year routine plan. Like, it's not going to matter. So what, what the fuck's the point? 
Sorry for my profanity. Uh, what's the point of <laughs> of having a routine? I like, yeah, you need to have, you need to have like like little routines to get you through the days. Yeah, but I think we're blowing it up more than it needs to be. We're making it a little. Yeah, you know what? That's actually a really good. I I think that is what I am looking for. I'm, I think I'm just looking for life yeah. to just feel like I'm living for like me and doing mm-hmm. things that I want to do and doing them for the sake of doing them mm-hmm. and not because I feel like I should or feel like I have to or something like that. So, yeah. and, and, and part of that is like allowing myself to diversify and to do other things outside of school, mm-hmm. um, which is something that kind of comes and goes. I feel like for a lot of people, I remember like going into university, I was like, I am not a student. A student is a part of me. Being a student mm-hmm. is a part of me. But that is not all that I am going to be, and that has been true about half the time. <laughs> well, it's it's good that you're you're aware of that. Like I feel like too many of us just box ourselves in into this, like this very limited identity where it doesn't allow 100%. us to kind of do a lot of things. And Jamie said it best: like you have to find your why, right? Like I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's the answer. Like instead of routine, instead of looking for the routine, look for your purpose. Look for why you want to do, yeah, and that's going to guide the things that you do. Um. I'm not really sure I was going with this, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you where you're going with this. Your why is everything is one of our quotes of the day. It is. It is. And so, uh, <laughs> I like how first episode, there was like seven quotes of the day. Second, there was none. And none. third, we're bringing back, uh, what is it? Hey, listen, it's a again? segment. You can't you can't beat a segment into the ground every single episode. Hey, hey, gotta, like we just said, screw routine. We'll do whatever you want. Screw routine. It's called life, ladies and gentlemen. Right, we're just living. So our first, our first quote was your why is everything, mm-hmm. uh, which we just talked about. Um, I wrote down also from earlier on lead vulnerably. Mm-hmm. I found that really good. Um, and that does, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, take it as like, tell all your problems to everyone and do, you know, but it's mm-hmm. more just being like, be open. Yeah. Don't pretend like everything is fine and you got it all together because no one does. Exactly. And and I I think, yeah, I think in leadership that's crucial, but like that's it's one of just like my life values that I kind of try to carry with me every day is just to be vulnerable as much as possible. Yeah. It's also like I'm pretty sure it's my I so was my Instagram like bio for a hot minute. Um but yeah, which makes it official uh, that it is my motto. Um (laughs) but yeah, I think vulnerability is probably the most beautiful thing that we can that we can do and be every day and i kind of i think it leads to a lot of beautiful things um let's move on to the next one don't pick 80 goals people just pick three and then do one at a time one habit yeah. at a time just build on yeah it. those don't those, try to do too much those were kind of brought together those are like two different things yeah. i think don't pick 80 goals pick three was a little more like new year's resolution when we talked about and then the one yeah. habit at the time was was later in the wellness tips but i felt but like also together super well because for sure we try to do everything all at once yeah and that's why nothing gets done until we fail yep yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. and and also like picking 80 goals at once makes it look super overwhelming mm-hmm. um yeah. when really if you keep it simple and you take things bit by bit it's actually quite a great process and it feels really good. Yeah. Um, and it's not it like gives an you extra purpose. stress. It gives you purpose too sometimes. Yeah. Because I, I wake up some days and I'm like, 
I don't know what I'm chasing today. Like, how am I going to know that today was successful? I have no idea. So then when that yeah. happens, you're not going to have that, that feeling of that proud feeling of yourself. Like you're not going to be very happy with your day in the, from the going through, you just didn't know what you were chasing. So yeah. build those little habits. Yeah. And then I think that's how you can, <laughs> the, you gotta, those can be like your, uh, your life KPIs, you know? <laughs> Oh my Mo God. is Mo. all over the cases today. <laughs> that's a that's a consultant right there. That's a future consultant. That ain't no say, marketer. What can I say? I talk marketing wherever I can. Um. <laughs> this guy, um, this guy. I really like Business. this next one. I really like this next one. I don't talk to CEOs different than how I talk to janitors. Yeah, that might not yeah. be word for word, but um, that was the idea. Mm-hmm. I, I learned a similar thing over the last year, and I think it's changed the way I do like interviews as well. I think that's where I found the most immediate value was they are just people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking to different people, you feel like you have to prove different things to them. Yeah. yeah. Right. And in this situation, we talked a little bit how, about how like people on the other side also feel that kind of neglect if you don't also just treat them like people but i found this from like a personal perspective and how you present yourself like take the time to figure out what makes you you and like what makes you cool and good and what makes you like you and Mm -hmm. lead with that um and then that makes you so much more confident with presenting yourself to ceos to uh people who are interviewing you to janitors like it shouldn't it shouldn't matter you shouldn't be afraid of yourself and and putting yourself out there Yeah, Um, I totally agree. Like, and even just at the beginning when she was talking about networking and like this, like pressure to present yourself in a certain way, like I definitely, I've felt that for so long, just for years as like a business student, I just feel like I'm like, first there was this pressure to present myself like as like a certain kind of business student. And then I almost kind of was like, I went backwards and was like, I can't associate that like that with myself at all because I just, I, it doesn't feel like it's me. And now I think I'm trying to find like some sort of middle ground. That's like, like I love marketing and like um, just connecting with people, community, like communicating things. Like I, I love that. And there's a passion for that within me, but I also, I I'm allowed to be that while also I'm also allowed to kind of like present myself and kind of like be a little bit weird and different from everyone else. And just like present myself and just be funny and awkward and cool and all of that. So I'm working on it, but yeah. And there's, there's nothing more exhausting and draining than pretending to be somebody you're not like mm-hmm. if that's that's probably the most detrimental thing to like your mental health and probably even your physical health because they're very very interconnected pretending to be somebody you're not is so emotionally draining mm-hmm. and and the fact that we're kind of forced to do it because we're at a networking event or because oh i put a suit on so let me act different now like yeah. It's just so ridiculous. It's just so like I have no words for it. It's just like it's just so it's almost comical that it's a thing yeah. that's so like broadly accepted. I don't get I it. I think this one also ties in with the like leading vulnerably as well. Yeah. In terms of like lead yourself with with vulnerability and, and show that because it's a little bit of like treating people how you want to be treated. If we're not treating janitors, if we're not treating CEOs like people, then people probably won't talk to us 
like people too, right? Like you have to present yourself as a person to, to be talked to as a person as well. So, um, yeah, I think a lot, I think a lot of communication things are a lot more about communication is set on our terms than we feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just needing to like, learn that about yourself. No, and and it also like I'm, I think I love how realizing that like it all ties in like all our different quotes and everything just all ties in together. Yeah. Because even even uh, probably my favorite one, like she said that every everyone experiences imposter syndrome. I don't know Dude. why it took me this long to realize this that everybody experiences it. But like if I you're experience tra- <sighs> imposter syndrome with the whole dang business school. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Even like even I'm with not this podcast, even with this podcast, like I'm every yeah. day. I'm like, I should not be the one to like <laughs> run this thing. Like, we, I, who who the hell am I? Like, even any any sort of club position. I'm like, why did you guys choose me? There's so many other options. Like, it just makes no sense. But yeah, here's here's where it ties in, and it just just clicked. And I'm probably not gonna articulate it very well because I didn't put that much thought towards it. Because like I said, it just clicked. Um, we're live, people. We're live. We're live. Um, if you're pretending to be somebody you're not for like X percentage of like your time. And if imposter syndrome is like, who am I? And do I belong where I belong? How the hell do you know who you are and where you belong? If you're always pretending to be somebody you're not like, it just overcomplicates the entire situation mm-hmm. and it just adds the anxiety and the uncertainty. So I think just being yeah. true to yourself is also going to pay dividends when it comes to, when you are in certain positions, now you know who you are and what you're worth, and that imposter syndrome might be more manageable. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah. I, I, articulated, I articulated that pretty well, actually. You must have yeah. I mean, we'll listen back to it just to make sure. Uh, give me a break here. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> but but that ties into everything as well, because I feel like that's one of those things that everybody hears so much is be true to yourself and and all mm-hmm. that. But then you you wonder, what does that mean? How do you... How do you do that? How do you stop and and think about those things? And I feel like with Jamie today, we talked a, a lot of those tips, a lot of those little nuanced things in, in the working environment. Um, taking a step back and looking at what's affecting what and like understanding yeah. what you're feeling or or what you want to change yeah. so mm-hmm. that you you can then be true. Because when when you are always on the go and you don't give yourself time to stop, then again if you don't give yourself that time nobody nobody really will so agreed bam i think that's a wrap well am i frozen is janae frozen no janae is frozen janae is frozen Uh and with that (laughs) (laughs) janae is indeed frozen and with that we would like to thank you for joining us on this episode of the marketing major podcast talking all things mental health um yeah. Yeah. I hope, hope you enjoyed, enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Doop, 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 doop. Outro music. Blah, 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 blah. It's a cappella this week. <laughs> We're going. Nah, acoustic, nah, nah, baby. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs>